Когато се върна с вората, паше с бахар, си е сафра койдеш, се с вората, вършем да рабинам. Рабинам е пшиска. И когато кемите безмедиш, не аз да хсидам. Вот са хусед. So, one of the said that Chusid is somebody who does the Fnimishi Sadin. More than he has to. He said, yeah, that's what I want to hear. The Torah says, right, this expression in Bahar, the Sunni is Ish Esamisai. You're not allowed to fool your friend. You're not allowed to fool your, your fellow Yid. So that's the Halukha. The Halukha is you can't fool someone else. The Fnimishi Sadin is when you do more than you have to, more than you're obligated, is when you don't fool yourself either. That's what a Chusid is. Chusid is when a person doesn't fool himself. When it comes to relationships, very often you see people who are very good at fooling other people. And again, it's a very touchy topic, and I just want to touch upon it. Right? Touchy topic, you touch upon. Um, they'll go to a therapist, they'll go to a, a third party, they'll go to a marriage council, they'll go to a, a roof or whoever it may be, and start saying a sob story, and people get all impressed. And then some people are very charming and have a lot of charisma, and they know how to, how to relay facts. And sometimes, because you see other people getting fooled, you start fooling yourself. And, and I, this is, again, a very sensitive and delicate topic, but I've seen people who technically know that what they're doing is wrong, but because they see other people buying a certain story, they, they'll either go along with it, or, or just, it's just easier that way, or whatever it is, and maybe even fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. Everything I always talk about in this year, I'm always about what you could do to help a situation. If there's something you could do, don't fool yourself. Remember, if there's something I could do, let me do it. But that person did it, but I can't, but it's too hot. If, if you know the truth, and you know that there's something you could be doing better, and you know that you may be even adding to a difficulty in a situation, Be honest with yourself. Between you and yourself, between you and Hashem, it's not because someone's demanding it of you, not because your spouse will point it out to you, or, 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 or the third party will, will hold you accountable, it's because you know the truth. I once saw somebody wrote something. I can't go into detail about how I got it, and how, who showed it to me, and how it worked, but somebody wrote to themselves that I know the truth. I know that in my marriage there's so many things I could be doing better. I know there's so many times that I'm hurting my spouse. I know there's so many times that my spouse simply doesn't know how to answer back and that's why things are like this and I know that when we discuss it with people they, they always tend to understand me better and what can I do it's just so hard for me to admit the truth now somebody who could write that to themselves they're pretty self-aware and I give, I give a person credit for that alone but sometimes we, we, even without writing it if we only think more about it we'd realize you know what's the truth am I really the husband I should be am I really the wife I should be am I really the parent I should be and even though there's a lot going on and, and it's not all me and I don't want someone to become too self-critical But just something about, it's not, it's not only the sometimes you shouldn't be fooling yourself as well, and that's just some food for thought. Okay, so let me, let me, answer, let me uh, um, in the time remaining, let me read a letter. It's a little um, elaborate, but it's good, it's good, and let's see if we could um, discuss something that might be helpful for everyone. Okay, here goes. I feel like my husband doesn't enjoy spending time with me. I'm going to read it a little quickly, but uh, I hope that everyone will get the gist of it. I'm not sure, but I think that it's because we don't understand each other emotionally. Okay? My husband doesn't like spending time with me because we don't understand each other emotionally. My husband has a very full schedule, leaves the house at 5.30 a.m., comes home after work and coil at 7.30 p.m. for supper. At 8.30 he goes back out to Darwin and learn and comes home at 10.30, exhausted and rushing to bed because he has to wake up the next morning very early. I'm very thankful and appreciative that he works so hard and has such a full schedule. I make sure he knows that, but he also knows that I always have a dream of us spending more time to talk. He recently got his Sundays off, which I was so excited about, knowing that we'll have some time to spend together. The first two weeks he took on another job, as a favor for someone else, then started an Ian. A certain training course, with classes on Matzah Shabbos, and then on Sunday again. He did ask me before signing up, but knowing how much he wants to do it, uh, to do this, and it being a one-time thing, being that he was getting it for free, I gave him the go-ahead, but still making sure he knows I'm so... I'm not so happy with our Sundays being cut short. Monday after signing up, before attending his 
course, he told me that he's happy it worked out because he wouldn't be able to spend the full day just with me. I left the room, went to bed crying. After a while, he apologized. He had a long talk, mostly of me explaining how I feel and him acknowledging. The next week, he wanted to sit down and start reading his training books, asked me if he can come and schmooze with me. I'm just leaving out a few certain details um, because he wasn't home the, the other days. His response was, I enjoy spending time with you, but not so much time. That night I decided that I will switch my attitude and show him how happy I am that he is enjoying himself and that he works so hard every day and, and never ask him for more of his time and I will reassure him that everything he does is only at his own free will. Is this the right way to go about it? I told him this, although I probably shouldn't have and his response was, thank you. The reason why I think it's an emotional understanding issue is because he, he had a difficult childhood and he buries his feelings or doesn't have strong emotions naturally. I'm completely the opposite and I have very strong emotions. I like to feel them, understand them, discuss them and discuss why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. The difference sometimes gets me to feel totally not understood. As he never felt the way I feel, therefore has no idea how to respond. For example, uh, when I was crying and saying that if you want to discuss something, we can talk. He came saying that if you want to discuss something, we can talk about it. And I would say, okay, let's talk about it. And then he would excuse himself for saying what he had said and explain why he, why he came for a different reason instead of saying, I'm sorry I hurt you or don't cry or I don't like seeing you so upset. We discussed this emotional difference and he's trying to work on it, but maybe he feels too much pressure and therefore doesn't enjoy the time spent in my company. On the other side, he does want to go on vacation with me and spend three, four days just in my company. I hope it's okay that I was so elaborate. I just wanted to put out all the cards on the table so you get a full picture. Thank you. Okay. Here goes. Um, I, I will mention soon, a class that I gave on something similar. I think I remember when it was, but um, let's just start one, one at a time. I don't mean to nitpick, but when it comes to long letters, I, I like picking up on the different nuances. In other words, when someone's asking a question, you know, there's much less to, it's more to discuss in terms of an idea, but much less to, to um, specify. In this case, I, I would want to point out certain things that I noticed when reading the letter. And because I read it so fast, maybe those listening didn't realize. Firstly, lucky you. Lucky you. A husband with a full schedule, a husband who's productive, a husband who's responsible, a husband who's feeling good about himself and accomplishing a lot. Lucky you. Not a question. It sometimes could be underappreciated. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people are struggling with mummers the opposite. A husband, or a wife for that matter, um, who doesn't have a schedule and doesn't produce and doesn't feel fulfilled and doesn't know where he's going or what he's doing or when he's coming. And that's, that's, that's a lot bigger a problem, I should say. I know that there are challenges that come with, with, with this angle that don't come with that angle. But it's definitely more, more of a problem. I know a lot of people who would wish that their husband has more of a structure, more of a schedule, and be more fulfilled and productive. And just recently I was dealing with a situation that was pretty rocky. And one of the reasons was because... Uh, not reasons. One of the issues was the fact that there was a lack of schedule. The reason why I say it's not one of the reasons is because I don't believe it's really the reason, um, as much as it's just another place where a certain conflict is, is, is being expressed. Um, now... This woman, I'm mentioning lucky you because I think it's important that you know that, that I feel that other people are even jealous of you because you are a lucky person to have such a husband. Now, you mentioned that you know that he knows it, but he also knows that I'd want more time. I mean, there's the famous Carnegie rule that Dale Carnegie writes in his book about saying the word but. And it's, it's so amazing when I write emails and when I, I talk to people about this and I hear people expressing themselves, when you say the word but, you don't realize how much of the first message you're, you're retracting. In other words, when you tell someone, I love that you're very busy, but I want to have time with you. I mean, that word but just killed it. I love that you're busy, but but I don't love that you're busy because I want to have more time with you. So, I, you know, I love that you're busy, but... And, and sometimes when you just leave out that word but and you, write, and you tell someone, I love that you're busy. I want to have more time with you. It's not a contradiction. And they could both go together and someone could still feel good about himself that he's busy and that you like it. Now, again, I don't mean to nitpick. Just the wording in the letter said it, so I'm just pointing it out. So maybe you tell someone, he knows that I'm so happy that he's busy, but he also knows... I don't mean that you expressed it in, in the but, but come, could be that what's coming across is, is the but. So that's very important to make sure that he really does know 
that you appreciate him and don't, doesn't see that as a challenge um, for your appreciation. Now, you assume, just one example over here, you assume that he's getting off on Sunday, so I was so happy we were going to have more time together. And why did you assume you're going to have more time together? Maybe you should assume that he's going to have even more to do. And the reason why I'm saying this is because so often, um, if only something would be communicated properly, and your assumption and your hopes um, are going to be communicated, like, you're going to have a day off. It would mean so much to me that we could spend time together. I'm so looking forward. If you at least communicate it, maybe he'll know it. And maybe you shouldn't assume things that have to do with both of you on your own, and you should discuss it, because just to assume that two people are going to do something that one person wants is already a mistake. I mean, maybe he's so happy he's having a day off, because now he could do some more training and, and grow and, and move on in life. And that's really what brings us to the biggest point over here. I mean, you assume, you, you assume that you don't enjoy each other's company because you don't understand each other, which may be true. And I'm going to call that a personality clash. And that's something we discuss so often. People are different by nature. People are different from each other. Some people like to accomplish and, like, and are fast-paced and, and have a lot of energy and don't stop moving. And part of what you expressed so in the middle was they bury their feelings or they're not into their emotions and they're just doing... And some people are just the opposite. They take things slowly and they take things through and they feel and they experience things very emotionally. There's a different kind of people. It's not, that, it's not a problem that we're different. It's, it's by nature. We are different. Now, when two people like that see an open Sunday schedule, by nature, naturally, they're going to see two different things. One will see an opportunity to accomplish more and, and hop around those few things that he wasn't able to do till now, and one will see an opportunity for some more quality time. And, you know, and, and, and that's natural. So to assume and not express is two mistakes. Why are you assuming that you're both going to see the same thing, and why don't you talk about it and communicate it, you know, especially because you might have such... A, now, when it comes to personality differences, you can't change people. You can work within bounds. It's good to both be flexible and understand each other better, but it's, but it's always good to remember. I mean, just not to have false hopes and not to be disappointed. Uh, nobody's, nobody's changing anyone. So you do mention that it could be also his, his nurture and his childhood and all that, but I, I believe, and based on what I teach and what I write in my book, and things like that, it's so much more about a personality than about a childhood. So that's just something to, uh, to think about. I mean, two people in the same home definitely, definitely come out differently. So when two people understand that we are different, and it's okay that we're different, and us being united and happily married doesn't mean that we're going to become one or the same, we're still going to remain different and still have where we are united and still have where we are individual. I mean, that's, that's an idea that definitely could help a lot of people um, you know, understand each other better and be happy with each other. Now, I'm going to say a bad comparison now, okay? But, but it's a comparison. When it comes to different ages, I, I see that's where people understand it better for some reason, okay? You can love your child unconditionally, with every fiber of your being, and you may even enjoy sitting on his bed and telling him a story, and you may not enjoy spending that much time with him. Okay? Should you ever tell it to your child and say, I like spending time with you, but not so much. No, that's a, that's a bad thing to say, not a question. I'm mentioning it because it was mentioned, and I want people to know you don't say something like that, even to a child. But is it okay if you feel that I do love you immensely, and, and I, I still only have a certain amount of patience and time that I can be with you? Now people are going to say, what do you mean? That's, that's a child, a spouse? Well, let's do it the other way around. Uh, first, from a child to a parent, Let's, say, let's call it an adult child to an even adulter parent. Is it okay if you love someone and you're very loyal and very connected and still only have a certain amount of time that you appreciate being in someone else's presence? It's generally okay. Now, the comparison may not be a good one, but think about it. It's okay if somebody does love you and care for you and even enjoy being with you, but only to a certain extent. It, it could be part of a personality difference, like I said. It, it, could, it could be okay. So, for starters, don't take it personally. Don't see it as an offense or, or as somebody not liking you. Just, it's just something to think about. It's okay to be different and remain different. So that's just something um, that you want to think about. Now, he was nice, your husband, and asked you if it's okay if he went for a training course, right? He asked you. 
you had the choice to say no, which um, I don't know if it would have been the right thing, or even if he would have been obligated to listen to you as he's not his mother, but, but you, said, you said yeah. Now, it was your choice, and you should feel good about making the right choice. I think you did make the right choice by letting him do something like that. But sometimes spoiling a good gesture by telling someone how unhappy you are about it is sometimes just a silly thing to do. Just mention it. I see this done very often, that's why I'm mentioning it. Can I buy this? Yeah, you can buy it. And they later, you spent so much money on that. But you told me I could. I, well, I said you could. I'm not going to tell you again. If you're telling someone they could, let them feel good about it. And if you're not going to make them feel good about it, sometimes it's better to say no. Somebody says, you mind if I go? You mind if I spend time with someone? You mind if I make a phone call? Yeah, and then, and then to be resentful and, and walk around sulking or even tell someone that I'm so unhappy with what you did, it's very wrong. So if you were nice enough to tell your husband, I understand you want the someday for yourself and I know I respect what you're doing, don't, don't make him feel bad about it. It's not a contradiction to knowing how to still ask for more time together or come up with ways or opportunities to spend time together and enjoy each other's company, but, but not to um, pull back on that. Now, like I said, he definitely said a hurtful comment about not wanting to spend so much time with you unless the way you're telling it to me is not the way he said it. And it could be he would say, oh, that's not what I said. I'm just mentioning it because I don't like when people think that I, 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 I'm impressed when I hear one side of a story. I'm just trying to hear between the lines. And, and if that, that's what was said or anyone out there listening to this has ever said such a thing, it, it could be hurtful. Even if you think that there's nothing wrong with saying that. All I said was that I like spending time with you, but not so much. You have to be very sensitive, especially with a wife who might be a little sensitive as it's coming across in this letter. Now, switching your attitude, which you say that I learned to treasure whatever he gives me, and, and is it the right way to go? It is the right way to go, first of all. It's still not a contradiction to look for quality time together, but it's a, it's a good way to go. And interestingly, this is what I wanted to mention. I gave a class, I think it was Pashas Mikaitz, in the Yiddish class. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I should have looked it up before I, before I said this year. It was titled, My Man Hot Nor Anshuatug Famir, or Get Me Nor Anshuatug. My husband gives me only one hour a day. Now, the, the letter writer then was complaining similarly. It wasn't so much about the communication and the understanding and the emotional part as much as, you know, he's so busy, he only gives me an hour a day. And you might um, want to listen to that class if you understand Yiddish. And the idea of it was that giving you an hour a day is, is a lot of time and you should appreciate it for what it is. And this week, with Siat Dashmai, just this past week, I got feedback from the person who sent that question. Okay, I didn't hear from the questioner, which is fine. And I don't ask people to give me feedback. But this week I got a response. And the response was like this. Hi again. It was a very hectic few months here, and I finally found the time to write to you. Thank you so much for giving me the right insight and the positive way to look at the situation that I really thought was unfair. Ever since, I have only tried to see the positivity of even spending some time with him, even if it isn't a lot, and make the most out of it. Now, I, 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 it's very emotional. I, I enjoy these feedbacks, and I always thank people for feedback. I don't always mention it, but a sheer. But, you know, I, I, I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. Somebody, you, you know, you hear a sheer, and you think about it, and you say, you know what, maybe. My husband gives me an hour a day, I could appreciate it. Now, does the woman want more? She still wants more. Is she allowed to want more? She's allowed to, is she even allowed to try to get more? She could even try. Which is a change of attitude and appreciation and seeing what it is. So your question was, should I change my attitude? I think it's a wonderful thing to do and I think it's going to help you and your spouse very much. Now, if discussions don't go the way you like and you feel like you're not communicating properly, there are two things you could do. You could either be very clear with your husband what it is that you want him to say or how you want him to respond even though you might not like I'll have to tell him. And maybe, instead of getting resentful when, oh, he says this, he doesn't have that, I want to hear that. Tell him what it is. That's one thing. And another thing is, try to understand him as well. Right? You have your way of communicating, he has his. And this is something we spoke about many times, I want to mention it very briefly, only because of time constraint, I'm running against the clock. There are five love languages people like to talk about. And the whole idea of 
whoever talks about this idea of, of the love languages is, I have my love language. I'm not getting what I want. I don't need that gift. I need quality time. Instead of being so stuck on your language, try to understand someone else's. And something I talk about often. When a, when a little child tells you, Mommy, I love you. You don't say no. You say love you. You don't say love you. No. When a child saying it in his language, you accept it. And it's even cute. Because that's his language. When, a, when your Spanish goita is telling you mazel about something, or wishing you a happy holiday in her language, okay, you take it because it's her way of saying it. So when your husband is giving you time or saying something that he's trying to communicate in his language, very often it's, it's the right thing to do. And sometimes you don't realize how stuck you are in your language without realizing that, hey, he's stuck on his. Like, what's the problem? It's easier to see it in someone else. Like, he's not getting my language. I know, but you're not getting his. Just this week I was talking to an editor who was helping me with uh, a, a book. And it was funny, he, he, was, he was reviewing his own writings and, and looking for mistakes. Then he gave it to a proofreader to proofread and look for mistakes. And when he came back, he was reading it once again to look for just the final touch-ups. And he noticed that when it came back from the proofreader, he found more mistakes than, they were, than the first time. He said, isn't it amazing? When I read something I wrote, I don't see the mistakes. But when somebody gives it back to me and now it's that person's work, it could be the same file that I wrote. And I notice the mistakes. It's amazing how on someone else we notice things that we don't notice about ourselves. So this idea of understanding someone else's language is something that your husband maybe should learn, and maybe you want to teach him, but it's also something that you should uh, also try to learn. Now, you did mention, or mention another line in the letter, you did mention that your husband is thinking of going on vacation for you and spending three, four days with you. That's amazing. And it's something you should take advantage of. And sometimes it's those short vacations where you do have more of what you want that, that, that cover for the other parts where you don't. And I've seen people who turn down such offers because, oh, I don't want that. No, that's not what I need. I need every day. I don't need this. And you're giving up on something that could be very helpful and it's a shame. You know, so that's definitely something that uh, it's, a, it's a shame when somebody wants to give you when somebody wants to give you something even if it's not 100% of what you want. Okay, so that's uh, another, another idea that could be elaborated on. Sometimes you're giving up on something just because it's not exactly what you want but it's a shame and you could get a lot from it. Now, there's a codependency issue. And that is, sometimes you want very much of someone because you don't have anything else, and you're leaning on someone, and you don't realize it. Again, I don't mean chaz to make anyone feel bad, or, or criticize, or compare. Your husband's very busy, he has a lot of fulfillment, so he needs a wife, maybe he should need her even more, but he doesn't need her to fill up his whole life. He has part of his own life, which is fine. Maybe you don't. And sometimes people feel that, you know, you don't have your friends, you don't know what to do, and you always need me. And that's what happens often when people feel like, you know, I need more of someone, I need more of someone, he's not giving me enough. He's pulling away, and it's all subconscious. The more someone leans on you, the more you pull away. And I see it often. People who would have patience and would be able to give someone something and would be there for them, but, you know, oh, please, how much? And, and some people get offended because they don't even realize how much they're, they're literally leaning on someone. So again, I don't mean to nitpick, and I don't know if this questioner has any of these issues whatsoever, but I feel that sometimes it's just important. Fill up your personal life with something a little more fulfilling, and maybe a little more, some more relationships and some more distractions and, and things that could make you feel good, and you'll even treasure more the time that you are with your husband and that you could spend together. Now, one last thing that I want to talk about, which is, which, is, which is very important, and that is that aside from any personality difference and preference difference and, and difference of taste and emotional language and all that, which, which the letter writer assumed that this was the issue, and, and it could be it is. But there's often another issue that people sometimes overlook. And it's a general idea. When somebody's not doing something for you, very often people get stuck on, um, why is he not doing this? Why doesn't she do that? How many times do I have to ask for it? Why, how come I'm not getting this? Isn't it normal? Shouldn't it be done? And maybe you're right. But sometimes people don't think about, why taka? I had this recently with somebody who was complaining to me about why, why, I don't, why I don't call enough, or why I don't say enough, or why I don't notice enough. 
And, and you know, I, I, I didn't say it, but what I was thinking was, well, think about it, why don't I? Maybe there's a reason why I don't. Maybe if you would be a little more polite or a little more accommodating or a little more uh, whatever, maybe, maybe I would do it more often. So, does it mean that I'm not supposed to? Maybe I should. Maybe I should be asking the neighbor, how are you? But if the fact that when I ask you, how are you, you either go on droning about something that takes me an hour of time to listen to, or you start complaining about all the bad things my, my children did to you, or some other reasons, and, and you never ask me how I'm doing, maybe that's the reason why I don't. So it's something to think about. And the reason why I'm saying this is because recently, I, a few situations, a few situations, again, this whole corona thing brought some examples like this. Um, a woman wanting to, I want to run off to Florida. I can't stay home. I want to run off to, I want to go in the country. I want, I want money to buy this and this distraction to keep the kids busy. I want... And the husband saying no. And the woman, I can't understand, why not? Think about it, why not? Now, now two, two, two very similar situations where, where a husband told me personally, you know why I'm not giving it to my wife? Because when I did it in the past, what did it do for me? Now, not everything is tit for tat, and not everything is to get for it. But sometimes when I gave, I, it got, things got even worse. Sometimes when I, when I invested, uh, not only didn't I get thanked for it, but it worked against me. So now, Mrs., and I don't mean Dafka Mrs., I mean Mr. as well. If you're not getting something, think about it. Maybe there's a way to get more of something. So if you want your husband to give you that stimulus money that the president sent, well, think about it. What, what happened last time he gave you money? Or what kind of attitude are you giving him when you're telling him, what do you mean? We file taxes on my name. It's mine. I'm not going to go into what the Torah says about who, who owns what, but think about if you want someone to give you something or do something for you, what are you doing for that? Maybe making it more pleasant. Maybe making someone feel better about the time he spends with you. Maybe making someone feel better about communicating with you. In any way, and, and, and I'm not going to elaborate on the different ways you could do it, but sometimes that could do a lot for you and make it easier for people. And sometimes when we just think about what we could do to make someone else happier and be able to help us, all for selfish reasons, okay? but just thinking about what you could do to make things more pleasant, um, aside from whatever acceptance and acknowledgement that you know, we, might, we might remain different you know, for the rest of our lives, that could definitely help a lot of people understand each other better and live together. Have a shalom